You're ready to be premature wow, all over again. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick reset. Yeah. Quick reset. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Licking okay. gin balls. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you're killing me. My SEAL Team 6 went to SEAL Team 12. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The fight you get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I, debate begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is the second week of 2022, and we are jumping into our second episode. Got the four horsemen here. Everybody's in the studio. Looking forward to this one. But before we do it, as always, how is everybody doing? Hugh Haas. Well, shit. Slap me on the ass and call me Shakira. God damn, that's if, saucy as fuck. If only you were Shakira. <laughs> Can you dance like her? Because we already said it. Could be we, know, we know his hips don't lie. Right, you ready? His hips don't lie. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, still, look, it's 2022. Still no assless chaps. What the fuck is going on, bro? Okay. I'm calling you Can out. I share I'm my screen because I was. I'm, I'm. I'm actually. I've been pricing them out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I will, I I will share lying. my screen and show you that that I have been. I have been. Oh, did I close that? Oh, oops! I closed it, guys. Sorry. Cle- cleared history again. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Look, well, while you work on computer. sharing your screen, let's go around the room yeah. and find out what everybody is drinking for the second episode of 2022. Uh, you know what? I think I'll go first. I will go first. New year. I'm going to go first. Uh, So a few weeks ago, I did. My wife bought me a bottle of wild turkey, rare breed. And Haas, I know you've mentioned you've also had it. Uh, And while she was out being gracious and loving and buying me that bottle, she also bought me another bottle. And this is from two master distillers that work for wild turkey. And that would be Jimmy and Eddie Russell. And it is the Russell Reserve. And so I decided I'm going to break this open and I'm just going to go, I'm going to go easy on it. I'm no mixer. I'm going to watch my caloric intake because we agreed. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am doing simply Russell's Reserve 10 year with an ice cube. That's it. Something simple in a glass, low calorie count. Um, it's about three ounces. So we're probably around 190 calories which for me works. So I'm trying to keep it low, work on my, my caloric intake. So I'm doing Russell Reserve 10-year on ice. That's all I'm doing today. So that, that's me. That's what I'm doing. So um, Grinch, what are you doing today? Second episode of 2022. I'm doing, uh, I know Haas did this one before. I've never done it. I've actually never had one. It, ever, ever? Hot, hot toddy. Ooh, um, right. I mean, at the end of the day, there's all kinds of recipes the gist of it is a warm beverage of some sort with some bourbon, you know, which is basically what I did. I did some herbal tea. Um, I didn't do like, I did some honey. Um, honestly, I just didn't have lemon juice and all that. So that kind of drove me to go what's in the tea cabinet, you know, <laughs> it's lemon tea. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's a hot tea with some bourbon. Anything that's warm with bourbon board. is a hot toddy for you, huh? Yes. I mean, uh, you it, know, it's pretty much like its history, as I understand it, was it's me- it's sort of, you know, it was medicinal in its approach. Yes. Do you happen to know the 
calories of that drink. Just out of I curiosity. Don't. I'll have you to don't. Do the that's math. okay. That's okay. Was, don't sweat it. It was probably an ounce of bourbon. Uh, the rest is herbal tea, and then I'd have to figure out what the honey was. Gotcha. That's okay. No judgment. We're all here to support each other. You're in a safe place. Mm, thank you. So that's all that matters. Uh, Haas, what about you, brother? What I know you you finished us out last week, so we're going to let you go third this time. What are you drinking today? I'm having something called a gin buck. A gin buck. E- a gin buck. It's equal parts gin and equal parts ginger ale. I'm surprised because, you know, you were on this gin kick during the the summer and early fall months of last year, and you have managed to cycle back to it now in multiple episodes. So clearly you have a love of gin. I think you're right. I think it's not a fluke. Okay. Hey, you know what? I I think you remember when you used to go on on summer vacation and you'd meet the girl and you'd have like that summer romance thing with the girl. Greece. And then summer loving. Yeah. 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 I, I thought maybe that was going to be my relationship with Jen, but apparently it's not. Apparently Jen is my mistress and um, oh. yeah, I, I'm a fan. The bourbon, the bourbon and the rum better look out. Uh, so I will, I will tell you in terms of educating you one fluid ounce of gin is about 73 calories. So that you're aware. There you go. So, you know, sure you can do the math. One fluid ounce in uh Haas's drink there. I agree. I don't know what four fingers equals. Depends on how you eat fingers. It equals a tasty fucking beverage is what it equals. You know how I know I don't like gin? Because I try it every day and I still hate it. That's right. That's right. Uh, All right. So you are doing a gin buck, which I think, Mac, you did a Kentucky buck. A long time ago. So so it's basically the same thing, but you subbed out. Yeah, I think right around that same thing. Okay. Uh, So speaking of Big Mac, what are you drinking today? Um, I just made an old fashioned. Um, <gasps> That's about 154 calories, in case you were wondering. Just doing the math uh, for you, real quick. Okay. Well, do you want to tell me any more about my drink? Since you know, no, but I was just, here? I was, look, we're, we're doing this whole challenge, this New Year's challenge. I'm just that. trying to help I everybody. I was getting to it. But, but Max has yeah. lard in it. <laughs> are you talking about my drink or my ass oh, which one? Uh, i find the lard really ties it all together right. it's, it's a lard ice cube it just melts and it really Slowly. really makes the drink jesus um, fucking christ so no it's just you know it's uh, i use the evan williams 1783 small batch uh two ounces of that a little bit of uh just a little bit of simple syrup and then um Again, following up uh, from last week as well with the crude bitters we have talked about before. Uh, I use the bear bitters this time, which is the cocoa and coffee. Uh, and you can really taste the, um, the, the, the cocoa and coffee when, when you drink it. It really kind of gives it a good flavor. Okay. And then I've got a nice ball in it. Very nice. Plus some ice. Dip your balls in it. I love it. Uh, all right. So there we go. Uh, once around the room, find out what everybody's drinking. Nobody's really going nuts in terms of their caloric intake. So everybody's trying to stay on task in January. I love it. That's going to help us reach our goal at the end of this month. And that's all that matters. Uh, so before we start, obviously, I want to say to you, gentlemen, cheers. Cheers. To another great episode oh, of 2022. Cheers. Yeah, that, that Russell Reserve. It's good, it's isn't it? Actually, yeah, it is actually really Look, good. Look, I'm going to say, I, I think, you know, growing up, you know, we are, you Wild Turkey may have gotten a bad rap. It did. I think they make a pretty good product. It did. You know why? They make an amazing product. Their creative director is none other than Matthew McConaughey. 
That must be shit. That's what it is. Yes. Well, I will tell you that Long Branch that, that they came out with that I've got uh, is really good. Haven't had that, uh, but I'm going to take That's the one that he kind of spearheaded with with the guys over there. So Okay. Uh, now, I will say that I think some of the more traditional wild turkey, uh, you know, just like the regular wild turkey, does drink a little bit hot. You know, I mean, it's a higher proof. Right. Um, and maybe that's why it got a little more of a bad rap because if you're just drinking it plain, it's it's, it's a, a little much to take to in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the but the rare breed, the rare breed is really smooth. I mean, it is. Yeah, I've tried the rare breed. You can sit and yet. sip on that for a while, like for 100, and, almost 117 proof. Wow, that's pretty high for yeah. So you know, we, we we talk about we talk about our four our four bourbons, right? That you know, like our daily drinker, our Friday night drinker, our like special occasion drinker, and then our yes. super rare rare special occasion drinker. Wild Turkey Rare Breed may have may have crowded the top four for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Is it difficult good. to get over there for you? Um, I can find it at a specialty shop, so it's kind of pricey. Um, so I kind of have to slow drink it, but okay. I, I'm I'm beginning to think it's worth it. All right. Uh, okay. So enough about our drinks. Obviously, we want to waste no time. We need to jump into our topic. Uh, so this is one that came on of late. If, if you paid attention at the end of last year, well, really, if you paid attention in 2020, you know of a little show called The Tiger King. And then at the end of 2021, they released a second season of The Tiger King, which I will admit, I did not watch. I had no desire to watch. There was nothing about it so, that seemed like it had uh, any redeeming out. quality. So, so those did who I? don't know, it, it it's it's starring Doc Antley. Is that a separate one? The Bhagavan? No, there's Doc two, Antley? right? There, there was a sequel to The Tiger King, which just kind of picks up where that, that show First left season off, left off. Talking about that. But then there is a second three-episode miniseries or whatever um, that, that focuses just on... Uh, I'm using the term doc very loosely, doc mm-hmm, Antle, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's, who's whatever the fuck you want to call it is down in Myrtle beach. Um, right. I have yet to see that one. So, okay. But I did watch the second season of tiger King. Gotcha. Uh, all of that suffice to say brought us to our topic, which really had to deal because I know the tiger King series as a whole was a, just a monumental train wreck of an individual's life in terms of <laughs> what they were doing, what they went through. And now, of course, with Joe Exotic being in jail. But it, it brought us to our topic, which was ultimately, should animals be kept in captivity? Because that was really the antithesis of how Joe Exotic came to be. He had that, you know, being the Tiger King, he had the zoo, if that's what you want to call it, if you can call it that. So and it's a roadside zoo, I guess is what it they is. Would call it. Yeah. More like a roadside attraction than a, a functioning you know, zoo in terms of all of the things that zoos really do. Uh, it was just sticking tigers in cages and cats in cages and going, hey, come through and, and pay and you get to walk around and look at it. But it was, should animals be kept in captivity? And now we're using the Tiger King as a jumping off point, but it has a lot more to do with the broad spectrum of animals in general being held in captivity. And do we or do we not agree with that aspect? So that's what we wanted to talk about today. Maybe it's, I don't know, in terms of our approach, not sure what that is, but I'd love to get y'all's thoughts. I'm sure everyone in this group has been to a zoo at some point in their life. Grinch, I see you wearing a zoo shirt, which I thought was totally appropriate for this topic. Brew at the zoo. Right? Look at that. Um, so I'd love to know everybody's opinion, their thoughts their perspectives on should animals be kept in captivity? Are we doing them a disservice by keeping them in captivity? And ultimately, what does that mean? I know we, we talk, 
we don't, but they talk about it is the conservative, there is a uh, conservationist approach to animals by putting them in zoos. We're protecting them. Maybe they're endangered species, whatever the case may be. But that's what I want to talk about because of the whole Tiger King thing. Should animals be kept in captivity? So who would like to start us off? Well, and I think one thing to bring up, you know, to tie in with the Tiger King series you were talking about, I think of the, you know, whatever it was, 20 some odd charges that they brought against him. You know, for, for those that haven't seen the show, you know, obviously one of the big things was the murder for hire plot. Yes. Against what, what actually stuck on him were all the charges against the animals. I don't the believe mistreatment. they actually, yeah, yeah, you know, killing of animals, you know, not euthanizing <laughs> them properly. Um, th- those are what really stuck more so than I think the murder for hire plot. And the um, interesting, and the interesting part is his arch nemesis in that series, Carol Baskins. I live across the bay from where her park actually resides, over in Tampa. Yeah. So. I'm local to that park, the Carol Baskins, uh, big cat conservationist zoo, whatever the hell it is. But that was all you cats and kittens. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Big cats and kittens. (laughs) Yeah, that was an integral part of season one was the entire, you know, murder for hire plot against Carol Baskins and their contentious relationship in terms of two competing zoos. Were they really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, stray too far down that path. No, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll quickly lose Grinch. I'm sure uh, he, he'll go turn on Love Island, and uh, he looks vacant already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have not seen the show. <clears throat> Tiger King at all? Well, yeah, we know we the, talked about. It. I have not seen it at all, <laughs> but I do love the phrase "You're asking for a Baskin." <laughs> no, Jesus. <laughs> I have not heard that. I do like that. I'm going to use. That's it. Um, but no, I just wanted to bring up that that's what they ended up really kind of, you know, getting to stick for him was all the charges against, uh, the, you know, and if the you animals. watch the show, and of course, of course, you know, it's it's a documentary, you know, it's it's skewed one way without a doubt. But yeah, there's definitely, you look at, you know, the way he's, you know, keeping those tigers and, and breeding those tigers in captivity for simple purposes of, you know, doing road shows and things like that to help support the the zoo um you know and it's not just him right there's uh I mean, there's more than you know I, I was doing some research there's more than three thousand of these roadside you know so-called roadside zoos really? in, in 44 states i mean you know we've all seen the signs for them you know on 95 you know it, on the east coast and i'm sure they're everywhere right it's it's some crazy dude you know that started with you know a couple of animals and, and you know they're they're all just you know stuck in small cages uh, you know, somewhere and, and quite frankly, probably mistreated. I mean, you look at some of the, um, some of the larger places, you know, like accredited zoos, um, places like SeaWorld, you know, they even struggle, you know, and those are huge, you know, financially somewhat viable operations. And they struggle to maintain, you know, and keep these animals in a situation where they should be. Yeah. I, I, that was, you know, kind of, leads into where I was going to say is, is a bit of my opening position, which is um, I, I think there's, there's been an evolution to animal captivity in that, you know, I can remember back in the day as a kid throwing marshmallows to bears, you know, like, Bear. I know it sounds funny, like two bears, like the bears would be on their little Island thing, like standing on their haunches and you'd heave a, you know, the chunky marshmallow and they'd, you know, so in terms of protecting the animal from the idiot public that I was a member of at the time, um, 
that's in a better place. You know, you see continually like don't feed the animals. So, and I think in terms of the accredited recognized zoos slash a hundred other programs that I'm aware of, I do believe those, those folks care deeply about those animals. You know, there is a love, there's an affection. They, they treat them well, like they do care for them. If there are any medical issues, they, they, you know, do all that. The tipping point for me, and, and this is, I'm not delving into the argument necessarily yet of declaring a position of, are they, are they getting enrichment and all this stuff? Um, I'm just saying, I don't think they're bad people that are parts of zoos. I think they're good people. And I think they do want to care for the animals. Um, now the roadside shit is where I'm like, I just don't know. Like, really? I mean, I don't know where, like what category you, where you go from like a llama and an alpaca and an emu and an ostrich to an overpopulated reptile world of gators and crocodiles to like, now it's cool. If you have a tiger, like what, uh, what? Like they're not even indigenous to, to America. <laughs> yeah, right. well, like what qualifies you to have a tiger? You know, right. well, well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> Nothing. You know, so so if you look at those zoos like you were talking about, they're they're accredited, they're you know, they're monitored. You know, these roadside zoos. I mean, you know, I think the FDA kind of comes out, you know, periodically maybe, but you know, with with you know three thousand plus in the world, you know, we know how the government works. They can't get to every one of them and you know constantly check up on them, right? Um, and make sure that they're doing the right thing. So, um, and by accredited, one thing I, I think, would, I think it's, um regulated by the federal animal welfare act okay Hans, uh, what were you gonna... yeah sorry. sorry go ahead no Hans, what were you gonna say brother i was just saying i mean there's obviously a clear distinction between a zoo and a roadside attraction right For sure i mean um we have a close family friend who is a zoologist and was a zoologist for in the the uh the animal kingdom down in orlando uh, over the pachyderms um, very well educated, like, you know, she had her doctorate in zoology. I mean, she, you know, was very well educated and cares deeply and passionately about animals and has her own like rescue farm and all this kind of stuff. And then you're talking about our roadside place, this guy, like what, like 80 wild beasts that weigh 500 pounds or more each, like in a small little cage. I mean, yeah, so what's and, the, and they're what, they're simply breeding them for you know, and potentially breeding them to you know exploit the the cubs, you know, for you know tiger petting or whatever. Because right, obviously, so, you know, you're not going to open up the, the cage to a 500 pound tiger to let somebody go in there and pet them. You need a so cub, the, right? There's conservation and protection versus profit is right. what we're kind of looking well, at. Well, so, and I guess my my question would be: would, would even a zoo fall under conservation and protection? I think they try you know, to. I, mean, I, I think they do. I think they use that. And, yes. And I think that's part think of the so problem. Because if you find a, an animal in the wild and you rescue it and you bring it in and protect it, you can't put it back out in the wild again. It'll be dead in like 24 hours or something right. like that. Um, but you can't say conservation and education because all the, all the articles I read and all the studies I read said that less, less than, well, Somewhere between 40% and 50% actually walk away. Kids walk away or adults walk away more educated about the animals than they did prior. It's really like a carnival freak show. Like you're getting to see a really cool thing up close doing its daily business up close. You're not really learning anything necessarily. And I also want to carve off like 
the the mistreatment that was documented like back in the day with circuses you know even ringling brothers and barnum and bailey and of course you know blackfish did it you know had a huge effect on sea world why the fuck oh, you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna just shit all over what i was gonna bring to the table thanks for that <laughs> damn it uh, the other the other thing i was gonna mention and i've never looked to see and it might be something in the future that i pay attention to would be uh, the other bit that I saw was reputable zoos are, are accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another interesting fact, according to the World Animal Protection Organization, is that, you know, when you talk about conservation and the protection of species, it says, uh, contrary to commonly held views, no gorilla, polar bear, rhino, elephant, tiger, panda, or chimpanzee born at a zoo will ever be released into the wild. Right. So you're not really, yes, you're conserving the species, but you, you're forced to keep them in for, captivity. Right, for us to look at. <laughs> right, you're never going to release them back into the wild because they can't survive once they're born and bred in captivity. Uh, they don't have, I mean, it's like taking a house cat, clipping, you know, declawing it and then throwing it back out in the wild and going, go survive. Mm -hmm. But you've removed an element of protection and how they would, what they would utilize to survive because you've declawed them, that type of thing. And, and so, you know, Grinch, you mentioned it because I was going to bring it up. I know it's easy to talk about like Tiger King and stuff like that. Where I live, SeaWorld is a huge, huge thing here with the Anheuser-Busch Corporation, Busch Garden, SeaWorld, and so forth in terms of zoos here in Florida. And SeaWorld had a huge thing when Blackfish came out in 2013 with a whale by the name of Tilikum. And if, has anybody here seen Blackfish? Yes. I actually have not. No? Oh, you have, Mac? Okay. Yeah, I um, read about it, but I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, killed multiple people and yet was still passed from zoo to zoo to zoo. And that was one of the things at SeaWorld when they found uh, that it had it had killed one individual. They, they got there in the morning and they found that a, a homeless man was on the back of Tilikum as it swam around the, the controlled environment in the back where they keep them. And of course, there was a lot of speculation. How did that man get in there and what happened? And he thought, you know, I'm going to go swimming with this orca. And of course, it killed him. And then it did kill a trainer. And mm -hmm. at that point, they said, from here on out, we're going to alter the way we do things. We're going to do away with orca shows as a way but, of earning revenue. They said they in 2006. They still do the orca shows, I think, but they do not do any in water. So like none of the trainers, water work, none of those right. people get in the water anymore with them. Right. But they said they were going to do away with the shows initially. They're like, we're going to do okay. away with using orcas. But I think that revenue that they generate, they, how do you do that? I mean, you've, you're built it on well, Shamu. So, yeah. But, but here's that, my was question. Was that CNN that did that special? Yes. 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 CNN okay. did the special. Yeah. Uh, and it was incredibly powerful because that whale had been in a number of different places and had killed a number of different people. And yet, SeaWorld still bought it, still brought it to Orlando, and it still had issues here. And so, Clearly, it's an animal not meant to be kept in captivity. Female orcas live to be 90 years old in the wild, but their average lifespan in captivity is 30. So you're, you're, you're cutting it down to a third of their life by maintaining them in captivity. So I know it's easy to talk about tigers and chimpanzees, gorillas, bears, whatever, but wildlife from the sea suffers the same issues in terms of how they're kept in captivity, how they're treated, the conditions that they're forced to live in. So, yeah, I definitely want to bring that up as well. Well, and I think it's an interesting point. And this, this would go for, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it with, with the whale, right? You know, in, in any of those ocean animals. And, you know, 
two thirds. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you know, <clears throat> the flat earthers out there may may not agree with this, but two thirds of the world is is covered more, right? So 70, 70 some odd percent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, how do you like that? replicate that at SeaWorld mm-hmm. to, to put a whale in there? You don't, you right? Can't. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah, you are taking them out of their element um, and putting them in a situation where they're, they're not going to, um, you know, it's not going to be good for them. They're not going to thrive. thrive. Right. They're not going to thrive. Yeah. And, and, and for what? To, you know, if, if they were doing some sort of conser- conservation work, um, you know, maybe I would understand it, but you know, they're, they're selling tickets for, for people to come in there. Right. It, I mean, and it, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's worth noting too. Um, you've got animal kingdom at Disney yep. that has a, you know, you hop on your safari wagon and drive all around and see animals. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to the point you're both making, you know, one of the other arguments I've seen on here is like generationally you take the animal out of circulation permanently is it no longer it's not migrating it's not doing all the things it would learn to do with a pack or if it had its own young in the wild so yeah i mean it, okay educational purposes but it is definitely there for the purpose of us to go look at <laughs> right right, right. and to some extent i mean that is right it's the ability to see something that you may never, you know, most people probably will never get the opportunity to see an orca in the wild. You know, th- this is a way to get to see that, but at what cost, right? You know, I mean, it- it's not healthy to the animals, in-, in my opinion. Has anybody seen the show or the movie? I'm sorry, the the Cove. Oh God, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, and I've it, seen that. yeah, and it talks about the drive hunt capture allegations in terms of they will drive and hunt and capture these dolphins. I'm not sure they're even allegations. I think it's it's pretty clear that, well, that I'm it saying, happens, right? I'm saying but, the allegations in terms of like SeaWorld purchasing dolphins that are captured through these well, yeah, drive they, hunts. They they purchase the cream of the crop out of those, you know. So so the theory behind it is, you know, the fishermen go out, they drop their nets into the ocean. Um, near this cove, and, and you may know the name of it. It's, it's you know, uh, missing. I'm missing it right off the top of my head. But they, they drop their nets. They drive the dolphins into this cove. There are people there that pull out, you know, I guess kind of the cream of the crop of the dolphins. Right. They're then sold to, you know, the sea worlds, you know, another one pickle just sea world, other aquariums throughout the world. And the rest of them are beaten over the head and killed in the war to the point where the entire cove turns red with blood. Right. And, and I know that seems like it's sounding a little dramatic. And again, I know it's a, it's a documentary. It's, it's going to be one-sided based on the people that are, you know, filming and making the documentary, but there has to be some truth to what they're saying. Right. And, and apparently the it, town of Japan, I mean, I know it's vicinity of Japan, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's Taiji Wakayama, Japan, which is where this cove resides. And apparently the town there, I mean, they make their revenue and they're living off of that's, selling that's these it. dolphins. Yeah. yeah do- well, yeah. Dolphin meat is what I'm reading right yeah, here. Yeah. That documentary, and- I learned this because you guys sent me the link, but documentary was made in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. I think by uh, Richard, it was, if it was necessarily made by Richard, I think it's Richard Barry, who ironically was the trainer for Flipper on the show. Uh, um, which, has, by the uh, way, as I learned in another podcast, Flipper like committed suicide after yeah, it was all over. Exactly, and that's what kind of drove him to 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 move from the the mindset of you know training that's, and working with right. his office to be right. you know more on the you know 
they don't belong in this kind of environment. You know, mm-hmm. we got to stop doing this. How many of you have been to a zoo? Oh yeah. Me. Yep. Been yeah, to I think we've all been, I mean, right? everybody here's probably been to SeaWorld. I would yeah, imagine. Been to SeaWorld everyone here's probably been to an times. aquarium. Uh, yep. I yeah. saw the, I saw the orca show. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I didn't think about like, I love going to SeaWorld. I mean, you know, living here in this state and uh, I mean, I love the ocean, love going to the beach. And then you see something like that. And then of course you take your kids and they're all excited, but you don't think about what's happening behind the scenes. Like I remember when, uh, I, I, I remember when Blackfish came out, but I didn't even realize what it was. And it was my kids that were like, Oh dad, you got to watch this. And so I watched it and I was like, Holy shit. Um, and at the time I was not living in Orlando, but I was just like, that is a surprising turn of events for SeaWorld in terms of you're making your bread and butter off the Shamu name and keeping orcas in captivity. And then hearing that that happened, it's like, I mean, I, the trainer that died had been there for years. I had been to shows, probably saw her before, you know, that happened. And it's just like, but yeah. And then the tiger King comes out and it's Mac, as you said, like this guy went to jail, but he didn't go to jail for all of the other things. It was the abuse of the animals. It was the treatment of the animals. It was, if an animal was sick, taking it out and shooting it, you know, it was, right breeding the animal so you can sell the cubs for thousands of dollars to people and it's just like what are we doing i mean here in the state of florida we have like Gatorland, or or had Gatorland. you know places grinch i think you said that you know reptiles and they are used in terms of shows and things like that and feedings where people will come in and watch them something that's not used to being in captivity and it's like i mean it sells a ticket and if they can mm-hmm. make money they will do it it's fucking ridiculous <clears throat> yeah and, and i mean in the one other category and this is more a byproduct product of who can acquire particularly wild cats you know they're in north carolina here we have the wild cat sanctuary and i have no doubts they're doing good work they're having to do good work because of freaking people that were able to acquire these animals that had no business having them. you know is my understanding well, and, and that's the problem right you have people because you know um not only is there that here in North Carolina, I know there's a number of roadside type attractions that, that I've seen, you know, driving up and down the interstates. Um, and people, you know, stupid people, that fucking, oh, Mike Tyson has a tiger. I want a tiger. And guess what? <laughs> that motherfucker grows up and wants to eat some shit. And now I got to buy all this food. Now I'm just going to turn it loose. I mean, <laughs> well, in the state of Florida, um, the boa constrictor, I think, right? Was that, that was one that, you know, was not necessarily a uh, native species. Indigenous, but, you know, right. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I think it was the python, actually. It's one of the snakes. But yeah, it, it, and people were buying them like crazy and realizing, well, I can't take care of this. And then returning and turning releasing it to the wild. Into the wild. And it completely changed a lot of the, you know. Ecosystem. The ecological system. Yeah. yeah. Haas, help me out. What is the um, well-known big cat show out in Vegas when you, I know you live there. Oh, oh, Sigfried Sigfried and Roy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the magician, you know, made their name Six, on having yeah, tigers. Where, where, where they got mauled, where they yes. got mauled on Six Sigfried and got mauled. Yeah, it was there's some poetic, yeah. like poetic justice tigers. there. Yes, the white bengal yeah. tigers. Did yeah, learn your lesson? <laughs> They're not meant to be kept in captivity yeah. in that way. Not, not in the way like. And this is my. I was talking to my daughter about it, and she was like, you know, there's a reason like cheetahs are not kept in captivity because their breeding habits require a massive amount of land to breed effectively so right. it's like 
So unless somebody's going to buy about a thousand acres in Texas and fence it off, you know, cause I know here where I live, we've got bush gardens and they have the Serengeti <clears throat> and you can get in a fucking vehicle and drive around. Like you're out in the Serengeti in South Africa or in Africa, but you're not, Yeah, you're not. <laughs> and these, and it's like, the animals are just laying on rocks. I mean, they're not doing anything. They're never active because they're in such a small confined space. So unless somebody's going to buy a huge plot of land. And you know, the the, the sad part is zoos originally were invented in a time period where we didn't have the communication ability that we have today. People can fly to a location and film and study, and then they can take that and they can send that out to the masses. Right through televisions or movies or podcasts or whatever, you know, at the time the zoos were invented and 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 uh, um, built up, um, that wasn't a possibility. It really was originally used for educational purposes, and and I get that, but I kind of feel like zoos maybe have outlived their purposes. Yeah, or or circuses like that was mentioned, like those traveled. They'd stick them on a train. They'd go yeah, somewhere. Um, they'd set up oh, shop. Yeah. Come see our circuses menagerie were of definitely animals. Definitely wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple documentaries out there on Mm -hmm. Ringling Brothers or on circuses in general, I think on Netflix that Mrs. Huss and I've watched a couple of times where, because Ringling Brothers wasn't the original. They actually kind of rolled into, but those were some pretty cruel situations they were putting those animals into. Why do we got to keep mentioning Florida where I live? Because the John and Mabel (laughs) Ringling Circus down in Sarasota. I mean, that's where, I mean, that's not where I live, but it's fairly close. I have been there. I've been on the property. Well, um, bro, it's because we know Florida is a fucking Florida, man. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Look, if it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong in your state. Florida. First. Fair enough. It's like Fair that enough. one uncle who just can't get their shit together. <laughs> we all have one of those in our family. Yeah. And if you don't think you do, it's you. <laughs> it's uh, you. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I will say, you know, just, you know, we like doing it. The devil's advocate for those that work at zoos that do believe in the conservatives, the conservative conservation, nature the conservation of what approach. They're doing. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like particularly with the pandas and so forth. It's just, it's kind of no win. Like I don't necessarily have a great solution because we know like poaching is a real thing. We know extinction can happen if, if we don't intervene now. If we are but, artificially intervening, what does that mean? You know, that's got well, to. That, that would be the question I would have for you is, is you mentioned, because you mentioned extinction, extinction twice. And, you know, do we not just let that happen? I mean, is that not just the natural course of, you know, again, you mentioned, you know, the artificial, you know, interaction there. I mean, are we really accomplishing anything? Because if you bring those animals in, you breed them inside of, you know, a zoo. To, to try and avoid extinction, you can't ever release them into the wild. So no. what have you really accomplished? Well, we're, that we're is finding, not just nature taking its course. No, I we're mean, finding a way to play God. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, because we say the same thing with like plants, right? We, when we bring in invasive species, like you see it more in like fish, you know, like pike yeah. and some other things like the Asian pike or whatever it is that's up in like the Michigan area or something, I think, you know, because when they start to populate, without you realizing it, they completely change the nature. And they decimate an ecosystem. ecosystem. Yeah. Right. And I mean, obviously in the case of like elephants, tigers, and so forth, there's nowhere for them to be. You know, there just isn't because could you imagine if all of a sudden we're like, yeah, you know, we just stumbled on this population of tigers 
Right. Like, I mean, North America, it's like your wolves, your bears, you know, that kind of thing. Foxes, not tigers. Well, and that's the thing, right? You mentioned two tigers and elephants that are not indigenous to North America. So the if if it weren't for zoos, the only way you'd get to see them is if you traveled abroad to where they were indigenous. And so obviously there is a draw to that setting up shop here because they know, well, you can either pay thousands of dollars to fly overseas to see them, or you can pay $65 at the park and you can come see elephants and tigers and bears and oh my. Mm-hmm. And so they know it's a way to generate US revenue. Lions. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's not a species indigenous to North America by default. Who wants to go see wolves and black bear? No one. No one wants to see that shit. <laughs> oh, it's not interesting. Cool. Cool. I don't know. Unless, unless you live somewhere else in the world where they don't well, have yeah, wolves I, and black I agree. bears. I agree. And then you want to see wolves and black bears. Meerkats are very entertaining. Yeah. But not indigenous <laughs> to North America. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we, you know, we have deer. You know, and Grinch, you probably do, you know, where, where you're at. I mean, Step out oh, of your yeah. yard. We see deer walk through our yard all the time. And it's still freaking amazing just to see them, you know, just randomly. But it's sad because, you know, they're doing that because, you know, they're building right up the road here. You know, so their habitat is getting destroyed. Right. And that's what's well, happening everywhere. Right. And, you know, and I'm, I don't know, you know, again, it's one of those like I'm not an absolute I'm not taking an absolute position because you could make the case. In, in many respects, where the line is drawn is the size of the animal. Because, like, why do people have parakeets? Why do people have parrots? Why do people, you know, and if you started saying, like, guinea pigs, gerbils, like, all these things, snakes, it's because they're a manageable size. You know, well, for we, being honest. Yeah, we know why is. Richard Gere has gerbils, but uh, why anybody else may have them. I mean, you know, the occasional person who might find a unique situation, maybe gets a squirrel, you know, if it falls out of a tree or something or a raccoon even, but even though like ferrets, you know, but there's still a size line. That's the, really the big thing that people distinguish between like, do I feel fit to own this? Yeah. You're not keeping a tiger in a two story, you know, in the the suburbs. And at the end of the day, some people might taking it to get its shots and stuff at the vet, you know, like, what was it? It was here yeah, I feel that like a woman... somebody's going to make a call at that point when you when you roll into the uh, the local vet with a tiger. Yeah, when a was tiger it the, the woman owned on a, a chimpanzee and it attacked somebody and like bit off the fingers the and face. mauled her face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like because that's not that's not an animal meant to be kept in captivity. Well, I mean, I well, mean and, and that begs the question: Is there any animal that's meant to be kept in captivity? Well, look at look. I will ask the question of, you know. COVID. Look, we all yeah. got put in captivity for two plus weeks, uh-huh. right? And do we, we like it? Yeah. No, nobody fucking likes that. Yeah. So I mean, look, that if somebody's going to pay sixty five ninety nine to come see me, I'm okay with it. Well, I mean, well, here's no, my thing. If someone, wants to, if someone wants to pay me, pay for me to have shelter and food and give me belly rubs right. and, <laughs> and clean up after me when I pee in my, and I poop, I, I'm probably on board. With and it's that, okay actually. if I occasionally maul somebody. That's right. Just occasionally, like once well, every three years. And that's the thing, right? Is, you know, the old joke of like that meme that's like the wolf's like, I'm going to wander over to this campfire. What's the worst that could happen? And then it like fast forwarded <laughs> today. There's like this pug in a bag. Like, you know, like we, I mean, we domesticated dogs and cats. Right. 
you know, exactly. They were wild animals. It was somewhere point. where we are with some of these animals. It's like people think they're going to domesticate. And I mean, I, there's YouTube videos, you know, I've seen that like there's like a couple in like Russia that has like a, a mountain lion or a leopard or whatever it is that they live with. And, you know, and, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, that's a lot of, that's some big poop, you know, like that's a lot of food. And that's some yeah, big I'm poop. pretty sure they're not walking behind <laughs> it when they walk it with like a little poop bag, <laughs> picking that up. But I want to touch on something else though that you mentioned, Grinch, that I, I don't want to get lost in all this, you know, as we bash, you know, a lot of stuff here. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the people that work at, you know, especially these accredited zoos, right? I absolutely think that, you know, everybody that's working there has the best intentions of these animals at heart, right? I mean, they, they want to, and, and, and quite frankly, I'm sure think they're doing the right thing for these animals. In, in a lot of cases, for these animals that have been injured or something like that, and they can't be returned to the wild, that absolutely is the best case scenario for them to, to live out the remainder of their days in, in, in some sort of a, you know, conservation area or a zoo like that, where, you know, they can be studied and people can learn about them. But, you know, if you start breeding them and then you're breeding you know, animals that can never be returned to the wild. I, I just feel like that's that's maybe where you cross the line. And I don't know that I'm not saying that zoos do that. You know, I mean, I think it does happen. Obviously, you can't stop nature. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I want to believe that that most of those places, everybody that's working there has the best intentions in mind. Um, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I you know, it's interesting because I, I was reading, a, I was just reading a thing. It says after Tiger King aired, there was apparently a massive influx of people going to see zoos after watching that because it was like, oh, you know, especially like that, that specific zoo for Tiger King. The GW Zoo. Record crowds. Yeah. And it's just like, so it's almost like that, that docuseries bolstered. But- you their wonder, own business. Though, people love train wrecks, most, man. Most, yeah. most people probably weren't necessarily going to see the animals at that right. Point, right. They were going to see, oh, this was the this is the location that was on the show. Maybe I'm going to get to see this person that I saw on TV. You know, I, there were still absolutely, I'm sure, you know, a subset of people that were going to see the animals. But yeah, I imagine at, at the point that that had been released, most people were going to spot a glimpse of celebrity for lack of a better that's phrase. that's what it was yeah hoping yeah <laughs> at the end of the day since all four of us have been or to by, a zoo or or some theme park that housed animals would you be okay if zoos didn't exist would you be missing anything if zoos didn't exist no no, no. And, I, and i think you know for me it was interesting because we bring that up you know i mean certainly as we were younger you know uh, i'm sure we all went to zoos and we've done it as we're older because we all have, you know, younger children that we probably took to zoos or SeaWorld. And, you know, quite frankly, I've been to SeaWorld when I was a kid and I've been to SeaWorld with my kid when I was adult, an adult. Completely different situation. You know, really? as an adult, I went in there and I was like, I almost felt bad, you know, because you're right. You, you see the kids sitting there enjoying seeing the animals and stuff. But, you know, in the back of your head you know, what, what's going on, you know, behind the curtains to some extent. And you're like, I, I don't want to tell her Santa Claus isn't real, <laughs> but, you know, she probably needs to know how the, uh, how the sausage is made. So, yeah. And, and, you know, and we didn't, 
really talk aquariums in the broad sense. I mean, right. you know, and it's back to my, what I was saying with animals of like, where do you care? Like you care when they're bigger and you think they are aware, you know, cause like a fish, you're like, I don't know. Does that fish really know what's going on? Like, boom. Well, when you start tapping over the glass, there. it does, yeah. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I mean, it's an intellectual creature, and you're right. Size, size matters, no matter what women say. Um, I've seen Finding I mean, Nemo. I, I can fish say, can feel from from going from from going from a five thousand square foot house to a seven hundred and fifty square foot flat. Size matters. Like I was about to say, where are we going with you this? Know, <laughs> when you can't well, roam, goes, yeah, that goes when you don't have quarantine space. Day. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's a, there's, it, it fucks with you. And you can't tell me when you take an animal who's out of the wild, who's used to roaming and you put it in a closed space that that, that doesn't cause that creature issues, emotional and psychological mm-hmm. issues. How could it not? Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just saying, um, I think there's an, a bit of an unspoken that if you perceive there are enough of these things in the world and they're smaller, you're not as acutely focused on it. You know, like if I see a random fish in an aquarium, I'm like, there's probably a few billion of them out there or whatever. But, and you don't but when it gets to like it. tigers, bears and so forth, you're like, it's a limited population. I know they're not supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> you know? And you like, think you, you tend to think <laughs> of, of, of an animal that size as being more intelligent, probably. You know, yeah, and that's not. Yeah. To say, I mean, you know, what is it? Dolphins are know, the most intelligent animal in the, in the yeah. world, supposedly. You know, but yeah, like a little goldfish, or I mean, look, we've we've all, and again, we've all got kids. We probably all had the beta fish, right? You know, they're like, not very. I'm looking at them going, they're not pretty. They're not that intelligent. Well, you'll go into like a store, and there'll be like 30 beta fish that are all in a thing this big, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, but they can't be shitty. But they can't be the size of a softball. Yeah, yeah. like this is shitty. Like this is whole fish's whole life. So wait a minute. Yeah. Are we are we saying if zoos are not zoos are not justified is having an, a a home aquarium or keeping an animal in captivity at home? Uh, what are we saying? Question. It's I'm saying it's easier it's to take, it it's easier to take a stance on the big animals that have discrete populations. But yeah, you could make the same case of like, there's any number of animals. You're like, why? We all, why we all have dogs. Have these? Yeah. I mean, and dogs were originally a wild animal. Now, granted, obviously most of the dogs we had were not, it probably could never be returned to the wild. No. But yeah, I mean, you know, at some point, you know, that, that species got domesticated dogs, cats, you know, and, and it became the normal thing to have. But you know, tigers are not a domestic animal. Yeah, Lions I mean, are not a domestic animal. Fish no. in the wild are used to a little treasure chest that builds up air bubbles in the case. Yes. Of poop, poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it has walls that they can't understand that they run into initially. <laughs> Some might call them flat earthers. <laughs> sure. Flat, flat fishers. As we say with all of our episodes, we're not making light of the topic. We make jokes because that's how we deal with things, but we're right. not making light of the topic. Uh, again, I haven't seen Tiger King season two. Don't know. Don't care. I saw season well, one. Not, it was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the show in and of itself and season two, especially does not focus, you know, primarily on the animals, right? It focuses on the shit show train wreck that surrounds the animals. Right. Um, and the animals, you know, become a side, almost a sideshow to, you know, what's going on but it brings that you know that situation to light 
Yeah. Well, in season one, there I don't remember the name of the employee for Joe Exotic, but it bit off their fucking arm. They stuck Staff. their arm. Yeah. Thank you. They stuck their arm in a tiger cage. It bit off their arm. Like if that's not a hey, uh, you know, red flag. Well, but, but yeah, here, here's my thought. I blame one person there, and like I said, one yeah. person. The trainer. If, if I go, if I go and stick my arm in a tiger cage, and the tiger bites my arm, I can't blame the tiger for that. That's what no. the the tiger's doing. What it that's a natural is supposed to do. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've lived, coexisted, and lived with dogs for however many years now. I mean. You know, some of these, some of these diehard trainers will tell you like the dog still has instincts. And Mm -hmm. so it perceives a hierarchy. And if you get down on the ground with it, like it confuses the dog sometimes because it's like, well, if you're on my level or if I'm sitting on you and other things like that, then I might be the alpha here. Right. You know, which is where you sometimes get these incidences where people get bit by their animal they've had forever long because they've lost perspective of where they stand, you know. I know we, we use that lingo in for humans. There's the alpha male, alpha female, and so on and so forth. But in the animal world, that is no shit. It's, alpha it's, is it's a straight yeah. legit. Yes. Yeah. There is a very specific hierarchy in the animal world. And so, yeah, obviously that can cause confusion. And that's why an, an, well, an owner can get bit in the face because the animal's like, wait a minute. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, maybe I do want that food. Your whole. It's like, that's right. It's like <laughs> well, one of the first things they teach you when you have a dog is you get down on the floor with it. You lay over the top of the dog, and you, you don't squish it, but dominance. you lay over the top. You, you establish dominance. Anytime there's a problem with the dog, lay it down and lay over the top of it. Right. Because you're now showing that you are the alpha, and you will no. be obeyed at all times. That's weird. You don't have tried to that with the dog. Shit. You don't have to that shop the dog. Yeah. Wife. I've tried. Yeah, I've I tried that with my wife. That shit does not work. It's weird. No. <laughs> so Fucking... here's the thing: what you need is you need a quality butt plug. Okay, I'm listening. You got right. me. You piqued my interest. And Go ahead. Right, right. You can do a good rim job. Okay. Right. I'm with you. Insert set butt plug mm-hmm. okay. in myself then, or you know, her. We're right. talking about dogs. Wait, wait, or... wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I don't want to say. I don't want to say the word bitches. What if it has a tail? Wrong. <laughs> what, what's wrong with something? Is that a tail? confusing called... to the dog? So, so, but we, no, no. But here's the thing: there's butt plugs with tails. They're called furries. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. I established dominance over my wife by first laying on her rimming her and then inserting a butt plug with a tail, i want to make sure okay i'm just i'm trying to understand here and so we'd like to take a moment and thank you and thank fat thor for being part of this show because this will be his last episode <laughs> <laughs> um, when he tries this tonight at home well ha said <laughs> oh did he i would okay. never do anything only Hoss play this part and then have everybody guess what our to- topic was today yeah. okay. <laughs> once again ladies and gentlemen our legal department has informed us Hoss actually owns zero butt plugs just putting it out That's there right. well maybe not zero <laughs> not zero last time it was zero has something changed I don't know. Gone up by 100%. Uh, I don't know. This is an interesting topic. And I know when we talked about like doing this topic, it was interesting because it's not an intuitive topic to talk about just by default. Like we have talked about a great number of things on this, on this show in the year and almost a year and a half that we've been doing it. 
this is not one you just kind of naturally intuit and talk about should animals be kept in captivity. We are all animal lovers. We have all had or do have animals, but it's just not something you naturally think about. I mean, I've taken my kids to zoos. I've taken my kids to SeaWorld, Bush Gardens, as I imagine most of you have done. And it isn't something that I think you just naturally think about. Like, is that detrimental in the belief that we're keeping animals in captivity and how does that affect them? And I know we say, oh, well, they're doing it from a conservationist standpoint. They're protecting a species or so on and so forth. But you're really not. But, but I mean, no, hold on, hold on. How are you I protecting think just some, them no, if you take I think them out of some their degree element. they are. I think to some degree they absolutely are. But yeah. I think the line gets blurred quite a lot. And then people kind of like tag on to, well, we're doing this for, con- for con- conservation purposes. Um, but, but yeah, there, there are plenty of instances where, especially with sanctuaries, which is different, of course, from zoos, right? Mm-hmm. Where they create a sanctuary for this particular species that is, you know, borderline uh, uh, in, uh, distinct. And they, they, they create a sanctuary and they breed them and they slowly release them back out into the wild or they breed them out in the wild. That I understand and get. And I, I mean, if you're trying to keep a species, you're trying to keep a species. I, I think that's a brave endeavor and I appreciate that. Well, I know in Africa they have sanctuaries, but they are thousands and thousands of acres large in Africa, and they're allowing the species to. Well, and they're uh, staying in their indigenous. Right, they're cultivating their existence within their indigenous area. They're they're not raising a snow leopard in Tampa to then go and take and return it into its natural habitat, right? I the, mean, the snow leopards, are they not natural to Tampa? Is that what you're saying? That's so that a bitch would be like, uh, can somebody hit the Kmart and get me a coat? It's cold here, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Which, um, of course, the, the snow leopard's first problem would be you can't find a Kmart anywhere, but no, you get my no. <laughs> It is, uh, uh, again, for me, it was Speaking of extinct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah speaking of extinct, nice. That's right. Nobody thinks about stores that go out of business. Uh, it, it was an interesting topic. To, sanctuary. Yeah, it was an interesting topic to think about and and try to approach from a standpoint of, you know, like I said, it's just not something natural that you think about in terms of a topic. And so I do appreciate having this conversation no. with you guys and 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 our approach to it and our perspective of it. And it's not even just. I mean, it's not even zoos, really, right? I mean, you you know, you talk. We talked about the cove, um, and you look at other things. I mean, you know, where we're you know killing these animals in their natural habitat even, right? We're not even bringing right. them into, you know. <laughs> we're not uh, murdering uh, them in captivity. Yeah, we're, we're saying, yeah, we're just coming right into your home and we're going to kill you, you know? Um, and for what, right? Yeah, a buck. So we're, as, as part of our New Year's resolution, we're all going to become, what, vegans? And again, you know, I mean, okay, f- kind of first world discussion, like I... I am cognizant that there are slaughterhouses. Yeah, your, your are, beef doesn't doesn't get to the grocery store. Chickens like that are is. not free range all this that are held by the thousands in a confined space for the sole purpose of laying eggs and then eventually getting killed. Like, yeah. But you're not asking me to pay twenty four ninety nine to go look at them. To go watch. You can probably them. go look at them for the free, deal. right? <laughs> and that's the difference, right? A zoo is a zoo or an, an entertainment venue or farming salmon or whatever. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is all for human consumption. We just don't eat tiger, right? <laughs> yeah. But In if we did, 
If we, oh, did, if you, if we did, you know, it'd well, be but, like I mean, it brings up that. the whole thing of, right? I mean, there's countries where they eat dogs. And we think, we look at that and go, are you fucking kidding me? You would eat you you know, cruel bastard. Yeah. Right? I mean, but, you know, they raise animals, you know, they raise dogs just like we would raise cows. Like, look at the cow. It has one purpose and you know it. But (laughs) in a post-apocalyptic world, I may have to eat dog to survive. And it's just, I have to accept that. So uh, I'd rather keep the dogs and emotional Thor, support animals. Thor glances over at his dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. There enough to eat on those you. bones. Yeah, yeah. Don't you shit in my house again? <laughs> You're gonna be the first one I eat. Like, you gotta right. sleep sometime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, look, no real resolution to this. I think we all agree, like zoos aren't necessary. And our world would not be changed one iota if zoos didn't exist, if we weren't holding animals in captivity. I, for one, would be perfectly fine buying a ticket to South Africa and going on a safari to actually see animals in their natural in habitat. Their, yeah. Right. When you say, oh, it's the Serengeti, not not Bush Gardens where you're sitting in a, a fucking Jeep driving around, <laughs> you know, 10 acres where animals are kind of stuck in this small enclosure but uh you know as always gentlemen i do appreciate you being here and and bringing your perspective to the table it's always insightful and uh you know i love doing this week in and week out you know for all of our our listeners out there all you masturbators feel free to drop us a line at the four horsemen at a spirited let us know what you think about zoos should animals be held in captivity is that for the number four or no sir see because in professional emails you don't use a number you spell it out f o u r the four horsemen did anything here become professional that's right uh you know surprisingly enough we are professionals day in we're learning as we go, but we are professionals and we approach Professional this grade. professionally. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so GMC. That's it. So, you know, thank you to all of our, our masturbators out there that listen to us week in and week out. Feel free to drop us a line at the four horsemen at a spiritedebate.com. A drink you'd like us to try. And remember, because we have started our challenge, if you want to drop us a mocktail, a skinny drink that you'd like us to try, definitely do that. We would love to know, uh, you know, what you're thinking and, and, and we'll try it here on the show and, you know, you'll get to hear it firsthand, our thoughts and, and our perspective on whether or not that drink's worth a shit. And if there's a topic you'd like us to debate, feel free to uh, let us know. And we will be more than happy to talk about it, try to get you on the show and you can tell us what you think and, and, you know, maybe we'll harass you incessantly about it. Depends. You'll be part of the family. All of you masturbators out there, you're part of the family. So come on in, drop us a line, and uh, we will do our best to get you on the show. Gentlemen, thank you as always, week in and week out. You guys, you know, you saddle up to the bar. You tolerate me, and I appreciate it. You know, we do this together. This doesn't booze work. Booze helps. Yeah, booze always <laughs> helps. I mean, you guys have known me 30 years. Booze always helps when dealing with me. Yeah. Um. But, you know, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate your perspectives as always. I love you guys, and I look forward to doing this again next week. So thank you. Thank you. I need to let my cheetah out, so I'll be back. Yeah, I got your cheetah. There's a jungle cat in the background. Grinch needs to go walk the dog. I need to go get the monkey. That's That's it.
The views, information, or opinions expressed during the A Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests involved and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the hosts or guests may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. While guests are invited to listen, listeners acknowledge that they are not being provided professional advice from the podcast or its guests. The content within the parameters of a Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.